another episode of the Unpublished Podcast. My name is Amy. I'm James. And today we have someone incredibly important to me on the podcast. We have Lily Size. Size? Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> right intro, baby. Why are you being so mean? Sorry. Sorry. I just always, I know I'm always going to mess it up and I don't want to. <laughs> Lily, welcome. I'm so absolutely with my whole heart grateful you are here. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited. I, when I listened to them, I'm like, would I ever be on? But I, so I'm like really honored that <laughs> having me on here. <laughs> so Lily is an anxiety coach, a school psychologist, a creative and artist, and someone who has supported me through my own journey um, with anxiety and particularly with health anxiety for the last like year and a bit. And I'm just so grateful that you get to be here today and we get to chat about, we're going to go through a lot of different topics, Um, but yeah, just so, so grateful for the art and content and creations you put out in this world Lily thank you I'm so grateful for both of you I feel like it's so healthy <laughs> I never would have thought of myself as a creative before you know so um, I love that yeah. maybe we should start there do you want to talk about um that shift into understanding that you are a creative yes when I I was transitioning from being a school psychologist to an anxiety coach. I really mm -hmm. wanted to help other people with anxiety because I struggled for so long and I felt like kind of overcomplicating it. And so I started posting on Instagram at first just for marketing. You know, it was like, but I, I was never a big poster on social media, but I thought, okay, I have to do it. And I really struggled before with feeling unphotogenic and hating how I looked. So at first Instagram was just like a photo, you know, and I don't know, I just got in my head and then my daughter had recommended TikTok. And so I started just making silly videos. Like I just started by watching TikTok and then I found myself like laughing so hard. Like I had no idea what it was. I didn't know that you use like sounds and songs. I just was like, what is this? It's so good. And by watching it, I got out of my head. And so I kept thinking, oh, I could do a video on that. And my first one that went viral was on health anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so then I just started sharing those on Instagram. And I never wanted to like pop into people's DMs and be like, you have anxiety. Do you want to work with me? I just felt like if people were going to want to work with me, they were going to want to work with me. Mm -hmm. And so I really had fun and I still do making videos. And so it wasn't so much like promotion. I wasn't like buy my course. Like mm. sometimes I say that now, but a lot of it was, I, it felt like such a fun medium mm. to talk about a topic that I couldn't put into words when I was struggling. So mm. I just felt like it activated my brain and like all day long, I think, Oh, I want to make a video about this. I want to make a video about mm. this. Um, and then when I saw, I felt like through your work, making content, making videos was creative, yes. you know, and it was like, uh, so that was, I think when I made that switch that, that it, I still haven't fully embraced it, that there is some art in that. And also so I think by to, I feel like when I make my workshops and I make my master classes, that's art. And, you know, James, on, on like a few podcasts ago, you were just saying how much you loved writing and you didn't even like care so much if you sold a book. And I, I love having workshops and making masterclasses and making videos. And that's where I felt like that's actually art. And I never, ever would have thought that, but it is from this creative heartfelt sense. And then I, I keep re-recording for this course. And I thought, you know what? 
it's not a waste of time. Like something in hearing you both talk about writing and all the, I'm like, I like it. Like, I love it. It's okay that I've maybe recorded stuff that I never put out there. Mm. Um, and I think especially in giving myself freedom to kind of be silly and express myself and ruffle feathers and have people think I'm like cringe, you know, I would get that a lot. It slowed down. I guess it goes in phases where people are like cringe, cringe, that <laughs> really hurt me, but I'll be quiet now. So that was, I think when I made the switch and, and I never would have, never would have thought that. Mm. Of course. I think that's something that's so amazing about social media is that it gives us this amazing play box, this play box, this um, portal portal to play and yeah. to be to be creative. And I think it, it lets a lot of people who, I mean, I guess 20 years ago, maybe it would have been difficult for someone who wanted to teach people about anxiety to feel like they could regularly create mm. something that was creative and, and art. But now this is an amazing tool for it. Yeah. I honestly, like, Lily, the way you use TikTok and video is some of the most creative stuff I've ever seen. And the way you embrace, um, like, in inverted commas, cringe and, like, just play and, and express yourself, it allowed me to feel seen in a way that I'd never felt seen, um, particularly with this health anxiety. And so, like, I just can't think of anything that deserves the title of art more than what you do because in my eyes, art is just creating something to connect with another. And your work has impacted me hugely. And yeah, yeah I love honestly, it. Creative, so, creative, creative. I mean, from my perspective, Lily, Amy really found you at the right time. It was a pretty dark place for you. It was, I think yeah. just, I think I remember you saying, I found this person on TikTok. Did you find it yeah, on TikTok, TikTok first? Yeah. yeah, on TikTok. And it's the first time that even the language, that you were using about your own health. You, I think you were really trapped in this cycle of thinking you were going mad. Yeah, I was. And you were like, this is the first time that someone's been like, no, this is something that I've also experienced. Yeah, I think that's what, you just let me feel so seen. And I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of art is you you let people feel seen. Um, but yeah, so that's what happened for me. I was um, experiencing really bad anxiety and I thought I was dying a lot of the time. And I also thought I was going mad. Um, and I felt like my brain was just dissolving. And I think that it was a, a really vicious cycle of like, oh my God, this is so bizarre. Like who, how is this happening to me? I felt so alone. And then when I found your work, Lily, I just felt so held and seen and not insane. <laughs> oh, thank you. That, yeah. I mean, and I think through sharing, I feel held and yeah. I had already healed in a way, you know, I had kind of come up away from the dark side or like my darkest time, but I still never knew anybody in real life. Like I hadn't met anybody. And so through sharing with people that were like, I got it. Like, it was like such deeper healing for me because I mean, I don't know, you know, anytime I would kind of have a wobble myself, I did feel like I had like a huge community of people that got it. So yeah. it was, it's, it's been very healing for me and really validating. And I felt so alone when I was going through it. And I think it was that cycle of like, we can feel that way for a reason, maybe just this so much noise in our head, but then we just add like more noise. And it was, I mean, it's just been like a, for lack of a better word, like a labor of love because mm -hmm. it's so, and I also know like today I've been a bit more stressed and busy and I'm not in a creative flow and that's also okay. 
But when I feel great, I can't help, but, you know, think of fun ideas. And I was talking to a friend who, um, I worked with her. She kind of helped me with business coaching. And she asked me, can you talk to me about TikTok? I want to like get in the, she wants to help her clients. She's like, I feel like I need to stay in the know. And she was asking me and my thing, I was like, you just have to get out of your head. Like I could never think it. It's really when I get, which I feel like must be some, what artists do, you know, where I just, even when I'm watching TikTok, I just try to like turn my mind off and I scroll Mm. and I let my creativity come. And sometimes it comes obviously when I'm not watching it, but I can tell when I feel good, I think of things, you know, Mm. like I love music and I'm like, Oh, I want to do, you know, I can't help it when I hear music. And then I kind of think in little videos and it seems silly, but it's, it's, it's really fun for me. And I never would have ever thought. And it also has made me more comfortable with how I look. Like I hated, I used to really like, I'm, I don't, I don't not smiling in most photos until honestly, I was probably like 39 because I just felt like I looked so weird and to see my face and something about video. I don't know. Like, and also seeing like thousands of me, I'm like, well, video, and now I'm more comfortable with me. Yes. Well, that's me. I guess that's how I look. Um, but Exposure. I think I move, I think I'm not like here. Cause then I'm like, yeah. I'm so weird to look at. <laughs> I, I hate smiling on camera or video because I can't control the sides of my mouth and I constantly, it's all I can think about the whole time. So like when I try and smile, it forms this little box, this little <laughs> rectangle, like, and then the corners don't go up. And honestly, I just, every time someone takes a photo, take, takes a photo of me, I'm like, try and smile normally, James. Do you feel like being online has helped soften that? You're not as online as me, Well, the great thing about, I think, the thing I like about recording the podcast is, as you said, Lily, I'm so out of my head that I get more used to that. And then I get more, oh, it's okay. You know, I was out of my head for that podcast and the camera was on me the whole time. And I smiled heaps. So Mm. who cares? I think that definitely, as I think the more, as you were saying, the more exposure you have to that, it actually can really help you with your own confidence and self-image. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to just dive into this social media as like a portal for creativity. Cause I think so often creatives are just talking about, you know, the struggles with it when I really want to talk about like what a fucking like abundant place it is to create and especially TikTok. You want to say something? Yeah, can I just, I was going to say there's something I really liked about what Lily was saying and it relates a lot to what your, what the question you're about to ask, which is why I jumped in was, uh, Seth Godin's definition of creativity is anything that seeks to, seeks to form a connection That's with other people. Said. Is it? You already, already quoted it. That. Yeah. Sorry, I must have been <laughs> in my own head. But I, I think the thing that I love about that is just this fact that it really expands the whole a whole audience. I think people often go, "I'm not a writer. I'm not a visual artist. So I can't be an artist." Be an artist. Yeah. But it's just like what Lily's do, describing there. What you're describing, Lily, is is art. It's yeah. the pure definition of art. And that's, and we get like these different, like um, they're different mediums almost mm. these, like these videos, short videos. And I love it. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I really like what you're talking about that flow state that you get when you're just like creating. I think it's really, um, it's a, it is, I think it's flow when you just like get the ideas that come, you consume, you don't have to overthink. They just arrive. And I think that, um, TikTok and, and Instagram, but TikTok in particular really affords this place of like just like creating without having to strategize a huge amount. And I really love the, the lack of restrictions there are on that platform. Mm. Yeah. I feel like it's more in a way. Also, I think not in my mind, I say less people in real life 
follow me on TikTok um, because there's, but I know they, there's, they're out there, but in my mind, one, I feel a bit more freedom that a lot of some people, like probably half people I know are not on TikTok. Mm. So, but I also feel like it's sometimes I get more negativity or pushback about certain things on Instagram where TikTok is very rare. I mean, sometimes there's like a hater, but so I feel like one, it's, I just feel very free to mm. make it. And that's where I started making videos. So I'm the most comfortable making it. And usually I just copy it all over and post it in Instagram. Mm. But in terms of the flow. Yeah. And I think because I've been creating content for, I guess, almost two and a half years, I am comfortable with the ebbs and flows of sometimes I'm just like, oh, so many great ideas are coming to me and I have the time and my views are good. And sometimes they're not. And, mm. and that's, and also being okay with that, because yeah. that's something that I also think on my anxiety journey, I've gotten used to, cause I feel like, which I think is true for some extent to all humans. Like I want everything to be the same always, or I used to more like, I want to always have the same energy, the same yeah. appetite the same creativity, like the same. And so to kind of see it ebb and flow is like, is this something wrong? And Amy, I think it was like a while ago on the podcast, you brought up a time when you lost followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. That was so huge for me because I have like TikTok. I don't think I ever lose followers. Like, I don't know. Everyone's like, yeah, we love you. Instagram. It's like, yeah, it's a weird platform. (laughs) It's weird. And it was, it was really hard not to freak out, you know? And so I would find myself saying, okay, well this happened to Amy. And, um, and like, I don't even need to have a large platform because I didn't ever intend to like have followers, but to Mm. know it doesn't matter. Um, and I just do it for fun. And and I, and I see if I take it too seriously, I have no creative ideas. Like I love that. So, but sometimes I might set an intention, like I wanted to market for this course. And so I just kind of set, I'm, I look forward to like seeing what fun, like not manifesting, manifesting in an annoying way, but like, this is going to be a productive session. Yeah. And I, then I feel like I saw all these songs that I could use. Mm. And so I just kind of kept making all these little notes of like, I just can't take it too seriously or I love that. I don't have fun. And if I had, that's why I haven't been able to follow like marketing strategies. I'm like, it's just not fun. And if Mm. it's not fun, I'm not doing it and I can't be creative. Um, and so I'm always like, well, I'd rather like make less money than, oh my God. Yes. Be inauthentic. And I mean, I'm just like, so hundred percent here with you. And I love this idea that like, it's like mandatory play like the moment we hinge too close towards seriousness we just lose some kind of spark and I even would be suspicious of this idea that being highly strategic and highly you know structured with marketing plans etc etc I I don't know whether it it does better for us than us intuitively um, you know stepping into play stepping into fun stepping into what makes us feel good like even though it can feel really unstructured it can be a bit more random I feel like being witnessed in that space is just a stronger, more intoxicating call than these very, very rigid marketing programs that businesses have been using before social media came out, before yeah. we had this very I feel way. like, you know, neither you nor Lily built your platform by being the same and being normal. And yeah, being ordinary. yeah. So then why suddenly shift towards something that was rigid? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I know people are like, should I post at a certain time? Because sometimes people ask me, I'm like, I 
I, I think Amy, you said, what was it like a professional shortcutter or like something yeah, like, yeah. positive? Like I, I can have no strategic, like, I don't, I'm not going to post a certain time of day. Like if I do them is not fun. Yes. And, um, or if it's like, here's look at your analytics and see when's your time. No, yeah. I cannot like, um, and you've experienced do. so much abundant connection and growth. And I love this idea that like you are proof that like all of these rules and people are obsessed with rules. Like some of the biggest questions I get asked, and I'm sure you get this all the time, Lily, is like, are these very like structured questions? You know, how do I build a following? Like, what do I have to do? And I just don't know that those answers, even if I had them, would be beneficial to anybody. I know somebody that I was just telling you, I don't know, to me, that's why I think everybody's unique. And I can only talk about my experience. Yes. I show up at that and I have fun and I love it. And so like when I ran a, a workshop today, like I love it, I can't wait. And so I do feel like my content and my business is an extension of me. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, sure. Are all videos like a hit and great? Like, no, but I guess I don't know any other way. And how yeah. I, when people ask me, I'm like, if you like it, do it. But like, if you don't sure, I guess. And you like, I feel like you have to be on social media, that's fine too. But I guess I just feel like there's other ways in it. You don't have to have a large following. So show up in a way that feels good yeah. to you. But I don't post a lot of just like still photos of me because mm. I fun. love video and I love yeah. being silly. And Whereas, yeah. I think for Amy, I mean, you prefer a still photo. You find that more fun and more interesting. So it's like, because I get to use words a little bit more, written words. And I think often, and as we talked about on the podcast before, people always go, oh, you have to be doing reels. But then Amy does better with her stills. Yeah. So it's like, it's whatever you engage with more and you prefer. It's just, yeah. it's, it's you have to find what feels good so that you can, so that, and there's some kind of magic instilled when you're playing and having fun and when you're creating mm. and people can sense it. And I always notice when I feel like I'm doing what I should be doing, creating content, because I feel like I should, like it just loses something. And it is like an ethereal quality that it just loses if I've, if I've gone too serious. Yeah. And I just, I really love this, this aspect of what it means to create online. Love it. It's actually interesting. I even look at the, at the podcast analytics and seeing how many downloads we get, like that, that even fluctuates. And I'm going, how do people even decide which one to click on and which one not to? It's based on just a five word title. Like at least on Instagram, they can see the post and they can see the first frames of the video. Some people are looking at the podcast player and going yes or no based on a few words. And I'm always like, how could, and I can't bring myself to figure out how to optimize that. It's just because it's impossible because I've spent so much I've, I've recorded, we've recorded a 30 minute to an hour podcast. And I'm going, how do I distill this down to five words that are going to be optimal? But I just, I don't know how to do it. It's impossible. Hmm. But I also think even if you were thinking what, what is optimal performance in that, mm. like, okay, maybe less people downloaded or listened, but you don't know the impact because that's where sometimes I have something that could get millions of views. Yeah. Is that like, that was more successful, but mm -hmm. there could be a video that has a thousand and that video could have changed, changed more lives. Lives. Yeah. just the podcast. Like I've had people that there was one woman, it was like early on. And she said somebody, it didn't even do that well. I mean, yeah. so, well, analytics wise, when she watched it, something clicked and she said, I've graduated from therapy. Like, and oh, it was, wow. and so I, I know that like people that I've worked with have referred to videos that sometimes I feel disappointed in when I'm just looking at the numbers, you know, but so if you're looking at the numbers for the podcast, that's just such a, like, Oh, that's right. And also there's, there's no correlation between 
the listens and how many DMs we get saying that was a great episode. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, there's Nothing. no. So why do we spend so much time trying to figure this out? Like yeah. it is honestly the yeah. biggest waste of energy. And again, and I just love this. I love that this is part of our job. We have to we have to move towards play. We have to move towards enjoyment. We have to move towards joy and what brings us peace and calm and delight and that is literally i think the only way that we can truly succeed otherwise we're just going to waste energy on the most boring fucking stuff boo i think that the amount of times you listen to people on podcasts of people's life stories their biography and they go the thing that ended up making my success was the thing i didn't expect to or was the thing i thought was going to be just be average or was the thing i thought it was just like i just put out there and went blah Mm. and i think that's often the true for us yeah Lily, I really want to ask this question because I speak to so many creatives who are in like the 30 plus range who say, I don't want to be on TikTok. It just isn't for me. And it makes me so annoyed. But also I understand that there is a very strong narrative that it is only for Gen Z. Can you speak to that in any way? Because I think you're the perfect person to talk to about this. Yeah. Well, I'm 41. And I mean, I've worked with clients up until their sixties, I don't, you know, and they find me on Instagram and TikTok, but TikTok, oh, it's so much fun. I mean, I also your for you page, which is there, like it, it kind of molds to you. And sometimes you have to rearrange it. Cause it gets, you're like, I don't want, I don't want this stuff. I don't want health stuff right now, but yes, so many people of all ages, you know, my, my for you page is very, very diverse. Mm. So, I mean, I think if someone was there, they, I always say to, to start out just by viewing and just yeah. by it's, I mean, it's a time suck. It's there's the good and bads, but it is hilarious. There is a lot of fabulous people that are, you know, 50 and above. Yeah. So even 30, like that's young. Like there's yes. people in seventies and their eighties. There's like super, I follow like, I don't want to say like old people because I don't want to like, you know, but like our elders, like it's super funny that like make the like, hysterical, sexy, stylish. Yeah. Um, so 30 is like, that's young. It's nothing. It's nothing. And, but again, like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But I, I just went watching and I could not help, but like laugh so hard. And then ideas sparked. And so you just can make it your own where if you just want to talk or if you want to use a sound, like, it's just, I think go in and just have fun. Just start. Oh my God. I agree. And I, sorry. No, no. I was going to say as a creative, if you're watching and you're just having fun, I honestly can't think that you're not going to have ideas Have ideas because yeah. also when you guys were talking on the podcast a while ago, it was like name five bad ideas or something like mm. on TikTok, you could just say, I'm going to have my five bad ideas. Um, you know, where it doesn't, it's such a mainly welcoming community, you know, and if you get, Hey, it means you're doing something right anyways, but if someone was starting, just like make play, you know, just play and it can be five bad ideas. Yeah. And then we're like, I don't know. I completely agree. And I challenge anyone. And I've, for some reason, it's really come up a lot over the last few days. People being like, I'm too old. And again, like, yeah, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. But I'm really going to question what this resistance is because I think it's a really 
good excuse to shy away from potentially being cringe and I think that's what a lot of um you know I'm going to say elders but I'm literally talking anyone like 28 plus um who feel like they oh it's cringe for me to be on TikTok it's like stop getting in your fucking way like this is such an exciting creative space to have play and have fun you're taking yourself way too seriously go as Lily says consume enjoy it it's such a silly fun place to be have restrictions because you know it is a time suck but then go see what you can do because you have something profoundly unique and wonderful to give and just see what comes out and it really annoys me when someone tells me that they're too old i think you know you amy you've decided recently that you're, you're going to step away from tiktok for a bit but it's after making some inform that's an informed decision yeah. based on what you actually enjoy and don't enjoy about creating content yeah rather than just like a blanket oh it's not for me and you still love tiktok i love tiktok and i'm definitely coming back i just want to do a few like longer youtube forms at the moment but like i just back youtube i mean tiktok so hard and i love it as a platform yeah. Yeah. And I actually think it's, it's changed my life being, I don't know what the right word. Cause it's like, am I authentic? Like putting myself out there so much and knowing that people from high school, my godmother, like my mom, my dad, like it's made me more free because when I had to first send out, like when I was first wanting to run a group on anxiety. I had followed some woman's kind of guidelines, nothing to do with the actual content. But so one of the things she said, you have to text everybody in your contacts and say, can I put you on my mailing list? And, and I was like, I don't want my friends and family to take my course, but I, I was like committed to just kind of following most of her things. That one, I was like, Oh God. And then I'm just going to do it. And I kind of like, let everybody know that I was like going to be running an anxiety group. And after that, I don't know. Then I like went on, she was like, now you have to post your first like Instagram. I was just so scared that people that I knew in real life, like I want to do this in the dark hiding. Like, no, I just want to like be an anxiety coach. Like no one know. And, and then like my aunts, my uncles, my mom, you know, and then like people from high school, people from all over saw me and see me like dancing around around and like, not that you have to dance on TikTok at all. You don't, but <laughs> I am like so much like give less fucks. Like, I feel like it's made me not for TMI. Like I can have like more fun sex. Like I'm just like, I can be free. Yeah. So it's like, you can't be cringe on there. Like, I just kind of feel like it made me like own who I am in so many good ways because I just put myself out there. I never would have thought that I could have taken mean comments. And sometimes I just don't want to read comments, but like, it's made me a stronger person. Mm. Like would it killed me before people like say really mean stuff sometimes about my looks and about my content. And I'm like, Meh. like yeah. it's, it's, uh, it's changed my life in a lot of ways, you know, TikTok when they're like, do you want to rate the app? And I wrote TikTok changed my life. Like when it first asked me. And so every time it like updates it and I just keep it on there because mm. It did. Yeah. It really did in so many ways. I um, love that. Oh my God. I, I want to come back to event soon after this next topic, I want to come back to how you transitioned from or how you leveraged your TikTok into business. But first I just wanted to say that for us, I mean, the amount of times we're in a, we've been at a party or something or a reunion and someone's come up to us and been like, oh, I watched your Instagram story the other day. And it's just some random person from school. And that would have just, like, I think maybe the first time it happened, it was like, whoa, this is so weird. But now you just... It's I think so it's, you can desensitize yourself yeah. in a good way. Like you can, as you were saying, Lily, the more you do this stuff, it's liberating. the better it comes. And now we just walk around with the knowledge that, oh, basically anyone we interact with in our life may have watched our, listened to our podcast or watched our Instagram stories in the last day. Yeah. And 
you just kind of like, okay. it, it, yeah, it was definitely, if you told me that 10 years ago, I would have been so frightened. Yeah. So frightened. It is so liberating. It is so empowering. And I just, I love that this is your story, Lily. And I see myself in it too. Like I feel so comfortable to be myself. And I feel like TikTok is even bigger step because it just, it's so freeing. Like there's less rules I feel. And like, it's so beautiful that you, it has just given you permission to be fully Lily. And that's just so beautiful. Hmm. Isn't it? It's actually... I mean, I'm just thinking of some funny stories of like the jocks from our year at school. Oh my school. God, it's always Coming so up funny. to Amy and being like, hey, Amy, I follow you on Instagram and I really like your content. <laughs> and it's like, what? This, like, I thought this person only played rugby and basically, and then just drank beer. I thought that's all they did in their life. So but they're, they're following Amy on Instagram. I, I know. I had a lot of people that I knew from high school and college and then some from CrossFit that were like, I, that said, I have anxiety. I have panic attacks from all areas of my life from high school from college, from CrossFit, from work, you know, men that, cause a lot of my yeah. you know, women, but that were like, they really relate. And it was, um, I was really afraid for people that I knew in real life. Like I was like, no one know what I'm doing. I'll do this alone. And then, um, it's really been a huge connector, you know, mm. and I think time to TikTok, I feel like I can easily more easily connect with people on, on Instagram in terms of actual like yeah. DMing and all, yeah. like, in sharing stories. And there's so much that I like about that. Like I do it in, in the comments, but TikTok's not so great for like actual connection. connection mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah I've, I've heard it said a lot that people, you know, you build your following on TikTok and then you can try it. You tr sort of pull them out, pull them out for the, yeah, the deeper connection. And, the, and have you found that with, with business stuff that most more sales come through other platforms than TikTok or you know, I know sometimes when I was like, I'm starting to work with some, or I've been talking to people in marketing and they're like, oh, TikTok's, TikTok isn't great for converting. And I actually found the opposite at mm. first. Um, and I thought Instagram has been trouble for me. Once my account got hacked and stolen and held it ransom, no <laughs> ransom or ransom from WhatsApp in Bitcoin. <laughs> Whoa. It was I know. Um, and then it got lost. It was like, they, they held it ransom and I didn't pay the Bitcoin ransom. <laughs> it was gone. Um, and then I had to pay a hacker and I got it back. And then after I started posting um, in the United States, when stuff was going on with um, abortion, I posted, I shared on my stories what people could do. Um, this was before it became like illegal in some States, but like yeah. right at that time I was, I try to post like helpful stuff rather than just like, not that there's anything wrong with like, oh, this is scary. But I was like, here's what you can do yeah, yeah. in my stories. And then I had a lot, some people sent me messages. Like, I'm really disappointing that you disappointed that you've gone political. Um, oh, it's, yeah. And, and, but some people, one woman was actually really lovely. She said, do you not think abortion is murder? And I said, no. And I, I shared some articles. I said, I think a lot of times it's healthcare. And, um, so we went back and forth and, and in a lovely way. And she said, okay, I don't know if I'll change my mind, but you know, wow, I'll that's so beautiful. And I, I want, it's okay to have difference of opinions, but there yeah. was people that were really, really, really like really angry with me. And I don't know if they reported it. And then my account was shut down. Um, and gone. It was like your account's deactivated. No. For, so I lost it for like two months again. That's really fucked. And it was like just done. And it was like you could do appeal. And I was like, I just shared in my stories, like, 
Oh help. my God, but, Lily. Um, and I felt like I have, I, at that time I had a client who was in Texas and <gasps> severely, severely struggling with anxiety and OCD and was pregnant. And I mean, oh. living in, and it was like, she was going to get emotional. She had to drive 14 hours, but oh. then she was so anxious, get in her head and then come back and then have to book another appointment 20 hours. So I just felt like this was a whole other tangent, but so I've had times when I've had no Instagram and my sales have still, all I do is promote on TikTok. Mm. Um, That's really interesting. Do, do, you, have a, do okay. you have a mailing list as well? Or um, do you have any other platforms? I have a mailing list and that's something that I'd like to get out more. I get in my head that they don't want to hear from me, which is Same. just not true, but I'm like, Instagram loves me. So Instagram is my favorite for like, there's stories, you can link things, you can click TikTok. There's none of that. Yeah. And so like Instagram, I love more saying it and I can feel like I can write something longer and at the end say, oh, and I'm doing a new masterclass, link yeah. it in my stories. TikTok, it's just like the captions are small. There's no linking in the story. Mm-hmm. And my mailing list, I don't push it. Um, or I don't get more people to sign up. And it's not, it's something that I plan to be consistent at. But again, I think I did a thing where I was doing like weekly Q&A videos and I would send out a video, but that I couldn't keep up with oh, a lot. every week, a long thing um, because I would make, bigger deal of it than just my short videos. And this is where it kind of thinks it comes with writing is then a newsletter I have to write. And I feel like I'm much better at making a video. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but I also know like, I'm okay. If people unsubscribe, like I said it in my email that I sent out yesterday, like I'm going to send out more emails unsubscribe. Honestly, like you won't hurt my feelings. Um, that's just something that I'm, I'm still working on. I feel yeah. like it, it's interesting. I feel like it does feel more personal when someone unsubscribes from, from your email because. But I unsubscribe from everything. You do. Yeah, you do. You know what? I always find it really hard to advertise or market in a way that I don't like to be advertised or marketed at. And I think that everyone is like me and I cannot fathom that anyone would like to get an email from anybody. <laughs> and so when I go to write an email, I'm like, I'm being such a fucking pain in the ass because I hate getting emails. Same. That's what I feel. I'm like, oh my gosh. But I, and- I always say to Amy, you know, you hate getting emails from Amazon or something. No, but- I hate getting emails from anyone. I Even my favorite people, I don't like receiving emails. Fair enough. But I do think that there's a, definitely a tier though. Like you would hate more getting spammed every single day by some company course, you don't care about. Than, you know, if if Lily sent you an email once a week, you know, not you're not going to be annoyed. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but, but also it's okay. You know, I think we our lives move on. And I also know, it's just as it's, it doesn't matter what my views are or if somebody says anything, I think the misconception for me is like, I can't remember where I heard it, but that I might think I'm saying, oh, I got a course, I've got a new workshop. Like I, it might be a lot, like it's so much to me yeah. if I once a day, I'm like, oh God. And people are gonna miss it. Like, so- yeah. You know, if I also do it on TikTok, do it on Instagram, say it a few times a day and and a daily, like if it's something big, because a lot of times people that I've worked with over the years, they're like, oh, I missed it. Yeah. It. it seems like a lot for me. And it's just, it's not a lot for them. It's not a like, lot at like all. The amount of people who go, oh, Amy, you have a fiction book out. And like, it's like, you spent a month of your life just telling people that. And then people who are like, because it's like we just think and it's so cute it's so human we think that like we're just so much more 
in people's lives than we are. And like, we're like thinking so much about what we're sharing and it is important and it is generous, but like people are scrolling like this, like all the algorithms going, thinking about all the algorithms much. going, oh, they're probably not interested in Amy posting about fiction. So we're not going to share it with yeah, them. I know. Yeah. I, I love that. We have to, we have to share so much more than we think. And we're just being so much less annoying than we think. Mm. Also like, who cares if you annoy a few people? Yeah. doesn't really yeah. matter. No. No, not at all. Because also, I don't know, it's, I know that I'm going to annoy people, even yeah. like, and I mean, people I love are annoying to me, like, and I yeah. still love so much, you this know. This is my, so annoying. Our, yeah, our family group chats, annoying. <laughs> I don't leave my family group chat, though. I might mute it sometimes, but now mine's actually yeah. not that annoying. Your, yours is more annoying. Mine Sorry, Captain Steve. Sorry. Actually, they know I muted this. <laughs> Um, I want to hear about this course, Lily. So tell us what you've created and yeah, this journey you've been on. Yes. Um, I've been creating. So I've been, when I first started, all I did was run live groups. And that was, it was actually funny. The woman who I took, like her, her course was called course from scratch and you like created, but she was like, you just do it live. Cause she said, if you're going to try to make it a course, she was so funny. I remember it. She said like an old man coming out of a cave. She's like, don't do like a kind of an evergreen. Don't, don't do like a course, like just do something live to start off with. And so that was, I think really good for me. And, and then through TikTok, my, the first group I ever ran, I had one person that I didn't know join and I had like four others. Um, and then though my videos started going viral. So that was like September. And then coming from my October group, I had 18 people sign up and I was so like, Oh my God, I was so nervous before it started. Um, and then right after that though, I just, my groups, I would limit it to like 20 and sometimes 30, they would just sell out. And sometimes I was running groups Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, <gasps> I would wow. do. I did like my peace from within group. I would do it on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, cause when I started, I would do it twice a week and then people would say, can you do a relationship group? So I had like a, a short time and it's funny actually, cause I think it was when I was experiencing relationship anxiety and now I never experience it. Um, cause it was in, I had some relationship anxiety, like pop up during the pandemic when stuff kind of changed before my boyfriend and I lived together. So it's funny, like what energy? Cause now I don't know if I'd host it, but it was, and those ones, people were like, oh my God. So there was one point when one would sell out and people would say, can you do another relationship group? Wow. And, and then people that did my piece from within group were saying, we don't want it to end. Will you do like an even more piece? And so it was really exciting. And um, then I got burnt out. Yeah. It was yeah. <laughs> also, I was still a school psychologist then. And I was mm. the lead in my district. So I had like psychologists under me. So I'd run my groups from five to seven um, after work and being a parent. And also I was doing, I, I still like love them. I did less, but kind of what we were talking about. I, it was so like, I had to really pump myself up to promote the groups that I was doing. Mm. And I felt like it wasn't just making fun content. I had to say like, and this is for a health anxiety group. And I just was like, I don't want to have to promote a new group each month. Oh my God. Yes. Just going on felt like a lot. And then also, but that's what my, my whole kind of business, I did individual, but, um, I love group and it kind of made it also, I love the group aspect. There's a lot of good stuff of it, but, um, I started to get burnt out from running live groups and then having, if like, if like everybody was just always showing up, it would be a different thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I got in my head about that. And then also 
just sometimes it's a lot to run stuff at five and trying to find the right time. And if oh I didn't God. have, if it was just a health anxiety group, people would say, well, what about others? Yeah. <laughs> so then this summer I started just doing some shorter workshops and then making those available for purchase because I didn't feel like unless, unless the group knew, like I'm going to record these sessions and put them out. Yeah. I didn't sell any group content, but if it was a workshop, that's when I started yeah, doing you could that. Definitely do that. Really nice. And that, um, and then I got excited. I took a woman's course on like digital marketing or I don't know what it was, but she just recorded on Canva her slides and she didn't record her face. And I'm like, that's possible. That's a cool way to do it. I was like, I just did something on that. And, and then I've always wanted to do a larger course. And so that's what, where it kind of, now I feel like maybe I've made it too much, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> and just kind of covers everything. That's incredible. Um, well, obviously it can't cover everything, but it's a wide variety of stuff in terms of anxiety and physical symptoms and panic attacks and relationship anxiety and health anxiety and intrusive thoughts and OCD. Mm. And then also just kind of healing and transformation and living in peace. So there's like bits on worry and, and it it's mixed in that sometimes it's my screen. And then a lot of times it's just me talking, but it's shorter and it's everything that I've learned from my own. I've been in the mental health field for 14 years. And then I had a very, very severe struggle with anxiety for a long time, but like seven years. And then I've been working with people with anxiety, like adults for two and a half years, but anxiety was always my soft spot. You know, that's when kids would write me notes as a school psychologist, mm -hmm. like the kids that didn't have counseling as a service that just came in for panic attacks. Like almost always that they'd send me a note, like I never had anybody help me through a panic attack. So um, I think anxiety and panic have been near and dear to my heart. And mm. as somebody somewhere on the spectrum, I definitely can hyper-focus. And so like anxiety and how I work on it, like, it's like definitely an area of extreme interest and hyper-focus for me. And so I feel like this is the course is like a benefit of that, um, because I've done a deep dive in terms of like mentorships after being a school psychologist to being an anxiety coach, I definitely had like imposter syndrome. And I was like, well, I'll, I don't have a PhD and should I go back and get my PhD? But I have a certain style that's called like the three principles understanding. And so I think from it was insecurity. And I did a mentorship with an amazing retired psychiatrist who I just oh. love and um, doing another mentorship with, and my mentor is 80 and my other two mentors oh. now are 80. And like, just, and I just keep, sometimes I've like done too many courses to like deepen my understanding. And now I'm feel like I'm ready to fly on my own, yeah. but from being trained as a school psychologist, we always have like mentors and case conferencing. And so when I transitioned to a coach, I was like, Whoa. who am I going to conference about? Um, cause it's, you're not, it's a different therapeutic setting, which I love like that I can share. Cause you're kind of bound by, by different stuff as a therapist, but I really wanted to have like a psychiatrist um, and mentors that I could bounce cases off when I had like a, a different case with somebody with OCD that I hadn't really worked with. Um, so just through that of like talking and I've worked with like probably over a thousand people with specifically wow. with like intrusive thoughts, health, anxiety, panic attacks, um, and just seeing um, 
the similarities and like making it simple. So that was such a long thing, but that's what this course is, is trying to make it for people that experienced anxiety in a similar way to me and maybe need a similar thing. Cause a lot of people that I work with are super smart. They've tried so much stuff and they actually just need it to be simple and kind of like the last chapter of anxiety and then like move on and live their lives. Yeah. Like need any more, um, any more to do. So this is yeah. kind of simple, um, for lack of a better word, but that's the course. I love it. I'm so excited for it. When's it coming out? I think it'll be before this airs because I'm going to okay, get it out November 25th, but it will be there. It will always okay, be there. Okay, great. Cool. And so that's amazing. So it will be out. Yeah, it will be out when this airs. Incredible. Right. Amazing. Um, I just, just to derail this a little bit, because that's what I do. I wanted to just ask your advice on something to do with our business, because you've actually done something that we're thinking of transitioning to or things, some, things that we've played with that we haven't committed to yet, which is live workshops and then selling them as uh, videos afterwards. So, because obviously at the moment we have the Inspire Collective, which we absolutely love and we love the community aspect of it, but it's just um, a bit, because we do it every single week, it just, we're starting to get a little bit burned out with, I think, I mean, would you agree with this? Yeah. Like just with every week we have to do it's a live relentless. teaching course. And yeah. it's just, even though we love the structure, we love the people, we love what it does for us from a business perspective, we're just thinking of what other ways we could do that. And another one of the options was we do maybe more a bit of a longer course every couple of months and then we sell the recording. So I guess what I was what I was going to ask was exactly how that's structured for you. So do and now or like before you started doing this bigger courses, exactly so you were doing it quite often, but then did you transition into doing it a bit less often? Yes. And I can't remember when I did like a hard, I think it started because it was this summer and I thought I was going to be traveling and I didn't know when I was going to run a group. So I thought, well, I could do a workshop. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and sometimes I've brought people in and I've co-hosted it, you know, I've brought people in and that's been nice. And then I've just, I, and I didn't actually even intend to sell the workshop recording, but people kept saying, oh, I missed it. Yeah. Oh, I missed it. And so it was really fun. I mean, I think it, there's what is great about the workshop is it can be a, like a lower price point and then it can just be there. And I've had people, especially I have a, I think my, the one that's done the best has been my intrusive thoughts workshop. And I had two people that I've worked with before just invited them. Sometimes they'll be there for a whole group with me. So that's what I've actually loved too. When I found like when I was first getting burned out running groups, I brought in my friend, Brian, who we went to middle school and high school and he's a therapist. So at first he just came for one session, but I had like an ext almost like getting really burnt out. And I felt like I got nervous to show up and run a group all on my own, just cause I was had so, I think I had a bunch of groups with one. I'm like, Brian, just come in with me. And it was so nice just to know Brian was going to be there, but transitioning to the workshops, I, again, like I'm not the best planner, like nothing's planned. It just slowly, like all of a sudden. So I don't know if I've actually run a group since, I mean, since before the summer. Yeah. I just okay. Do, you, do, you, do you feel like the thing we're worried about losing is losing the community of the group? And do you feel like that's been are you, do you feel like you can still foster some community in the workshop as well? Yes. I, well, you know what, it, that you do lose that. Um, and that's where I think I wanted to do the course. And with this course, I'm going to do 
I think what I'll do is kind of each launch it where there can be group sessions. So I'm launching on Friday, but then when people get it, then they'll get four live coaching sessions. Ah, because you nice. find that I have made new connections with people, but I don't know if it's really stayed since I haven't run groups, mm. you know, like the people that were in my groups are the ones that will kind of stay in touch and do a follow-up. Yeah um, like individual session with me or do another group, but actually sometimes people, yeah, I guess it is a little bit of a loss of community, but not really, because I think I might feel less connected because, but they, but they don't. Yeah. Cause they like, Oh, this changed my yeah. life. And then, um, people that maybe watch just the workshop, then work with me or do another one mm. with me. So they stay pretty consistent, but I want to one, make a difference for people but also I want to enjoy it. And yeah, I, I do so important. love it. I'm trying to find my way because like, I love talking to people. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think with, for us, with the, with our group as well, with our membership program, people often join and they go, this is great. And they do it for three months, say it. And they just like, I can't keep up with. Yeah. Like it's all um, intense Sometimes they thought they can fall behind and they just feel a bit overwhelmed. And it's like, cause there's no end date. So it just keeps going for them as well. So they're a bit like, how long do I need this for? How long? Yeah. Do I need? Whereas maybe having a bit more of a structured thing, like you said, where you leave. I love the idea of leading with live sessions. So are you going to open and close it? So it'll open for a bit and then close for a bit. And then- That's where I haven't thought. I mean, it might just be like always, you can always get the course, but what I was thinking, so right now I'm host, I'm going to put it for sale right after- Thanksgiving in the United States, which is called Black Friday. Yeah. And so the, like, people do big deals. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to do a deal where, and this is where marketing in a fun way for me. Um, Cause if it's my birthday, I'm like birthday sale and I'll make everything like $41. But yeah. Yeah. So with this, I thought if people buy it from Friday through Sunday, then they get all the live group. And so then it works out where they can be four sessions right up until like almost Christ the Christmas time. Right. Yeah. Doing times. I know that you both have worked out in terms of time zone. So I'm offering like a 12 PM time here that works for the UK and then a 5 PM time that works for Australia. And, and then what I thought is, Oh, then the next time I'll open it up for like, if people buy it right around the new year. Yeah. So I think I'll do that time. Of, if you get it, then there will be four more sessions um, so I really like, I this. Wonder... thank you. Yeah. yeah I, wonder... I really, really excites us. Yeah. I just really quickly. Um, I like the idea that like, it doesn't necessarily need to be open and closing the course, but there are incentives to buy it at certain times, mm. which, which put the time pressure on something that we've learned over the last few years is just how much having a time pressure helps people make the sale. Mm. And it makes me feel so at first I didn't like it because it made me feel a bit manipulative, but we just need an end date to the the deal or we need an end date to the special offer. Like otherwise, like people just don't take action. Mm. Oh, they just keep putting it off and go, I'll, I'll get it next month. I'll get yeah. It next month, get it next month. So I like the urgency you're creating there. And also what a beautiful offer. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And so I think it will be there. I guess what I was thinking for you, um, it, you know, in, in, if you move from the collective, you could do something where it is like just a month long thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because that's what I did sometimes. And it's really, you can build a wonderful community. Yeah. Um, you could do a month and then the next month you could just do one workshop or not that it has to have a plan, but yeah. um, I did, I've done some stuff where I, I joined the membership with um, my good friend and colleague, Sari, but it was, again, it was like every week. And I just was like, I, 
Um, and then I did one subscription for myself that I did. And it was like, I sent out a video every day and I just like, can't keep up with it. I'm yeah. like, just, no, I yeah. need, and a that's where of, I think. So like only like, cause only maybe say we have 300 people in the collective, maybe 50 of them come live to each session. So then you just think that that's 250 people who are, a lot of them, I know watch the replay, but a lot of them just end up feeling stuck and going, well, I've, I've lost flow. I've lost connection with the group. Um, I think that's it. Whereas I think for a month people can, could commit. Yeah. Super interesting. Mm. I really love this discussion mostly because I love the way you do business, Lily. And I think that so often people think you need to have things sorted out. You need to have it so organized. Like, and I just feel like we do business in similar ways, yeah. like very intuitively led, very play driven, very what would feel good. And I really love that. And it's so fucking doable to run business like this. And I remember like I took business in school and the teacher used to give me something to draw on. And like, she literally gave up on me entirely and was like, here, just paint pictures in the corner like a 17 year old girl and just don't listen to class and I thought you know like oh I just don't have this brain I don't have this structure of the of like I can't be a business person but you just it's just a story that we're sold which and, is such bullshit and now you're probably one of the only people in that class who run their own business I know, it's crazy <laughs> I know it's what it's been so helpful for me when you two have talked about business because when you talked about the failed launch or I don't know if you said failed but like the launch we that, did like, <laughs> I so much. I feel like you've given me permission to, and you also run business way better than me. I, but my business has still done really well. You know, not really, all if you saw too. our conversation with our accountant yesterday, there's no way you would say that. Oh, no, my, it well, was chaos, but yes, go on. Well, it's, yeah, that's how I feel. But you know, when I was in a school psychologist, the year above us, you have to like apply to this internship and there were the interns, the intern year came in They're like we have this binder. And it was all this stuff. And it was like, so organized, like, this is what you have to do. And I was like, I knew immediately, no, I can't like, so I just did it. And I was the top pick. And then always as like my mentors as school psychologists, like, this is how they do it. I just have to like, I don't know. I just, if it's too organized, I like, I have my own messy organization, yes. my mm. weird flow. And I was so like, I was the top pick for intern. I was the lead school psychologist in my district. Like I was successful, but like, it was I don't know. It was, it was like my own way. And that's how yeah. it is business when, I don't know, it's been weird shortcuts and like doing mm. stuff on my own and, and it's imperfect, but I think it feels like heartfelt and it's, and it works for me. And I hope hopefully I'm like continuing to learn more about it and, and try more things, but I've had some stuff that has been a fail or like, you know, and I think when I've heard people that I respect and look up to like you two or some of my other mentors, like, cause I think if we don't talk about it, I think everybody's doing it right. Every group is successful. Every book, you know, gets public. You just make up your stories. Like everyone's doing it right. And you're not. And then when there are people that are having an honest conversation, it's like, oh, and yeah, so I'm doing it. And it's just me, like, it's just me and my business, but, yeah. um, but I, I can't, sometimes I can't think of it as business because if I think of it as business, I, it's not fun, but yeah. so I'm trying to think of how can I, cause it is a business. I don't know. Yeah, I wonder mm. if, like, I, I feel like day to day, we don't conceptualize of it as business. I think often. for me, what you, you said something before Lily about how this is just an extension of you. And it's like, I feel like this is like living. Mm. <laughs> like, that's what it feels like to me. Like what we do each day, it's like, I'm living. And yeah, it, sometimes it means that I have to talk to a tax accountant, which is the fucking worst part of living, but I'm living. It doesn't 
feel like the lens of work because it's like so in my soul and so what I'm meant to be doing, I think. Or it's like we said the other day, we we don't have a job, but we do go to work sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's different yeah. there's different words to use there, I think, to conceptualize it, but it's definitely different. And we're definitely, and the word that kept coming up into my head when I heard you talk, Lily, and it's, our, I think, our word for our business is organized chaos. Like everything somehow gets done. But, but when? How. When and how? I can't even imagine when and how. It just, it just But it gets done. Yeah, I know. I feel the same. And I love living because that's what it is. And sometimes mm-hmm. I go to work. Yeah. If I have to, yeah, do businessy tax stuff, but yeah, I love yeah. it. That's why I work or I, it looked like I work like all the time, but I love it. And, um, I don't know. I also know I'm doing stuff so I can work less mm-hmm. because yeah, yeah. I'm really being a mom. Yeah. Um, my anxiety got in the way a little bit before and, now I'm loving like driving all over to take my son to rugby and my daughter plays ultimate Frisbee and they can't oh my God, be, I love it. I just drive all over. And I'm like, I'm really, really enjoying just being with my kids more. And that's also why I want to kind of transition to a course and still have the oh my connection. God, yeah. I'm really excited for the magic of that passive income for you and just to support you um and to like have something where everyone can get support from lily and but it doesn't require a huge amount like expenses of your Mm -hmm. energy so cool and i I think just to go back to the collective for a second there i think something about the collective for us is it's actually quite cheap for the amount like it's i you know 52 coaching sessions a year from amy for 260 dollars. it's kind of like a couple of bucks a session but people have to put in a lot of time investment. I think that's the hurdle for it. Yeah. So it's almost like by giving, by working less, you can actually make it more attractive to people. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Which I think is so wait, yeah. this whole this whole conversation about courses is really interesting because there are so many different ways to do it. Mm. How is it actual? I'm, this is a really long podcast for us, but I can't stop myself. Are you okay for time? Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. Okay. Cool. Um, how was the actual course creation in terms of just like choosing how to put the course together? Well, that was where I had to fail. So I was talking to a company and they were like, you need a whole new website because Uh mine is peace dash from dash, whatever. They're like, it's not good. It's not getting good SEO. We want to create you a WordPress website and you can host everything and it's going to be so great. And, and I'm like, I don't need a new website. I was like, I just want help with the course thing. They're like, no, it's going to be so great. You can do everything. And so then they... It was a nightmare because I kept being like, I don't care. I, do, I don't need a new website. I just want like a course, like, and, you know, just help me. Cause I was like, am I going to do teachable? Am I going to do Kajabi? Think perfect. Like blah, blah. That was six weeks of just really bad because they had a developer doing it. And then it made it look ugly and I don't, and it just, it was, so now we're kind of like, eventually I just said, I just want a refund. Um, but I kind of was waiting. So I had all my videos so that was a fail. I don't know if it's just like a total loss of money, but I don't know how to work WordPress. And also it looked ugly and nothing was ever working. So then I just eventually gave up. And and that was when James, I was like talking with you about, I said, I'm just going to host it on Squarespace in the members area. And there was a woman, Kirsten Martin, and she had like a course and she just showed you how to, um, hers was on making a Squarespace website. And I liked how hers looked and I love how yours looks. And then I was going to talk with that guy, but I thought I'm just going to do it my own because I feel like I got burned by yeah. working with someone else. And so I just watched her course and I learned more how to use Squarespace mm-hmm. and how to like change the colors and, and make it 
And so I did that. And, but it, I honestly felt sick. Like I watched so many tutorial videos and it's like my brain, I was like into it, but hours and hours, like I felt like, like as if what, like a gamer or a hacker, I didn't wash my hair on it. It took me to a new level of lack of hair washing. <laughs> I take a bath every day, but now my hair, it can go like literally nine or 10 days. Like, I don't know. It I'm looks only like, impressed. I literally wore this sweatshirt forever and watched videos and then like worked on my website and, and the course. So it was also, it was interesting though, because it was satisfying because it was me, like I'm doing it. I got to make it look pretty, but I had to learn it. Like I had to watch videos on how to do it. So my brain, it felt like it was like shooting steam at some points. Um, I I find it incredibly satisfying. It can be so frustrating and some moments of frustration are so intense, but then when it all works and it's just working, it's just, it's like a puzzle fitting together. It's so satisfying. Love it. Squarespace has been served us so well. WordPress is my literal enemy and I'm so glad you didn't go down that route. And did you, did you end up um, doing, going to Vimeo and then onto your Squarespace site? So this is probably details that no one cares about, but I'm interested. Yeah. And people might care about it because when I listen, I, like I, I right now I'm uploading them straight to Squarespace. Yeah. So I am doing it, not even in the little videos one, like I just do add a blank section and then a video and I just keep it under 30 minutes. Oh, Oh, cool. Like for aesthetic, like I want it to just kind of look simple. And so I, most, all my videos that I've done are in it are, are under 30 minutes, mm. um, like the little thing. And so it's real been a, a labor of love. It's been, um, but when I, I keep, sometimes I redo them, you know? Yeah. So I, right now, I think I just need to be like enough. Cause then, then I keep thinking yeah. more sections, but now I have like 11 modules and I'm like, um, but, and I'm also like, well, what else am I going to do? Because I feel like I've put everything, but I know that I'll like think of more ideas and, um, you will. there is so much more, but yeah, it's, it's so yeah. cool. I'm I so like Squarespace. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I love Squarespace. I would recommend it to anybody. The shop we've just done merch, the shop part of it has been fantastic. Mm. The course part of it has been fantastic. It's just so like, it has everything that you need and I really enjoy yeah. it. Mm. Little, little plug there. Yeah. Come on Squarespace. I know. I love it. Do you, so I've been wanting to get some merch. Does it ship to the United States? Oh yeah. It ships yeah, yeah. everywhere. So fact, good. And that's all okay. from Squarespace. Like it's a plug-in. They Squarespace. have um, distribution centers all over. So I think it's actually the cheapest place to ship to is the U S because that must be where the company is based, mm. but I'm not hundred percent sure on that, but I'm pretty sure that's true. And usually the fastest okay, now is to the buy some merch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Make some merch. Oh, Love. <gasps> Oh my God, I'm going to get it. Well, cause my colleague, Sari, she had done stuff and then she's in the UK. And so it was so she could never ship or I was like, I'll get these cards. And then it was like the shipping, but yeah. she's using Squarespace. So no, it's really, cause it's all print on demand. So they have the way it works. I'm pretty sure this is how it works is on a lot of different continents. I'm not sure if they have, um, if it's on every continent, but on a lot of continents or even in sub regions of certain continents, they have their own print on demand and distribution center. So literally gets printed wherever you order it from, like there'll be a European printer and then a European distributor and they'll print it there immediately and then they'll distribute it just as the orders come in. Yeah. So if you ever think of doing merch, Lily, it's really cool. I'm just mm-hmm. integrates so well with Squarespace and anyone who's thinking of doing merch, like really cool integration on Squarespace. Yeah. Love it. How has been the creating of merch for you guys? It was really fun. I did I did most of it. Yeah, and it. it was just like, 
it was very satisfying and exciting and just seeing my words uh, on like different things and like I just did it on my iPad so I just write out my quote pull them over it was so much fun yeah it was nice to you know because as it's us we didn't we weren't going to hire a graphic designer or anything we wanted it to be raw and Amy so we were like how can we get the raw experience of Amy's signs onto merch and it was just like oh well Amy could handwrite them herself on her iPad yeah it was so fun and it was really easy and great I love it I love the merch I want to get like mugs and crop tops and everything yeah absolutely amazing okay cool so i'm so glad that right now if you're listening that lily's course is open what's the course called find your peace within find your peace within and all the links will be in the show notes obviously i will be enrolling and i can't wait and i'm just so excited and i think this is gonna this will come out i don't know what not this monday but the next which will be oh no then it won't it needs to come out this monday no because gallery's episode's coming out this monday oh so it won't be oh no so it definitely will be out yeah okay cool yeah it'll be out after so it'll be a week so not in a week from yeah you guys will not understand what we're talking about because we're, we're, <laughs> we're recording on the 22nd of november on a tuesday so just to ignore all this we're definitely the ramble section of the podcast sure. um but it will be available yes okay great yeah. wonderful amazing well lily i love you i'm so grateful for your impact on my life i'm so grateful for your art um and i'm so excited to get to to indulge in your work Thank you. I'm so grateful for both of you because I feel like Amy, I met you and then I got to meet both of you. And I, I just, I'm like, I just, I love, I feel like I relate so much to both of you and just, you've changed my life. Like I feel like, oh, in so many ways. So thank you so much. Literally a pleasure. And I wanted to say thank you again for how much you've helped Amy because I had, I mean, I think actually that was one, one thing I did want to ask you, which maybe we could, I could really quickly ask you, which is, um, as someone who's a partner to someone with health anxiety, sometimes I find it hard to talk about because if I'm sick, Amy gets quite upset. And I think just figuring out language about how, um, and is it okay? I don't know if it's okay if we can go over by another few minutes, but just sometimes, you know, if, if I, as an example, the other day I was having heart palpitations and I was like, well, I want to share this with Amy, but I don't want her to think I'm dying. Do and you know, it, I mean, yeah, I don't want you to have to hard. give us it's free therapy, but yeah. Um, oh, no, no, I love it. Yeah, so how, how tell me so tell I guess give me a little bit more context. Did you talk to Amy and Amy? How'd you feel? Yeah, what you just told me, and you were you were very like, I don't want this to like panic you. Like, and I don't want the worst thing for me, like and a big trigger for me is is that if James doesn't tell me, because I think I just have had a lot of people in my life who hide a lot of very serious things from me, and that gives me a great anxiety. And I have a story, an anxiety story that says, um, people are unwell and they're not telling me. Um, so for James not telling me would be much worse, but still, so he very gently just tells me, but then it, it does trigger me and I do go on a roll and I then will then be very hypervigilant around him. And it's not necessarily helpful for him at all. And I'll just, you know, I try and hide it, I guess, but I'm, I'll be very hypervigilant around how he is. And I will check in a lot. Um, yeah. Trying to soothe that spiral. Yeah. How, so how was it yesterday in terms of how did it play out? Like being hypervigilant, oh. you know, I, I mean, obviously my hypervigilance only ever makes it worse. <laughs> um, but I mean, eventually James was like, yeah, I feel much better. This was actually, this was a few weeks ago. So I haven't had a heart, heart I had maybe I had two or three days in a row where I had heart palpitations and I haven't really had one since. Yeah. It's interesting. It's just, it's a hard balance. I know. What, what's the opposite of hypervigilance or like, you know, cause sometimes I think like looking at the definition of like, okay, if it's hypervigilance, yeah. what's not like opposite in a bad way, but what's you know, if you're realizing, oh, it's actually, cause I like to think of it too, as like, there's nothing 
is good or bad. But if hypervigilant, oh, when I do that, it doesn't really feel good for me or James. Like what? Yeah. What would be? It would be in the nicest possible way. Like not, I mean, just not caring. <laughs> okay. Like, um, yeah. Like concern for James. Oh, I'm, I just, I just wish that like I could have a, a regular reaction to it. Mm. Being like, oh, Jamesy, that's so uncomfortable. Um you know, I wonder what that, you know, just an, and an, an inquiry that doesn't spiral into a million other inquiries. I wonder what that could be from. Maybe it's something you ate instead of being like, I wonder what that could be from. Maybe you're dying and we need to get yeah. you to the hospital right now. Because obviously it was a three day period where we're eating a lot of rich food and <laughs> drinking a lot of wine. And like, that's obviously what was causing it. I think it was basically just heartburn. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess I also wonder, have you seen any changes? Are there times when you can have that more loving, like groundedness, like kind of not snowballing, you know, are there, you notice any, that it gets easier to hear about people you love having. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I've had a lot of small, like, um, situations recently like my mom was in hospital but it was for just an infection in her finger and I was like it was obviously like there was an opportunity there for me to really spiral my mom was in hospital she and they weren't laying her out for about a week but like it was just her finger and like I really was able to kind of just step back and be like no you know what like this is actually okay and she's also in the best place and like it's all right and I had a little bit of spiraling but most of all I was I was okay um so I was good that's really good. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, James, you would ask the question and I think to continue doing what you're doing, knowing you can't control Amy and you don't need to, it's totally okay. Cause I think like, I'm the same way. I don't want someone to walk on eggshells and not tell me something yeah. like tell me. And I might, I might feel triggered and I might get worried, you know, but I guess for me, like my son is sick and he started to feel sick. And I definitely like, I don't have health anxiety towards my kids or myself, but obviously like I can, yeah, my think I have more thinking when someone I love of is course. sick. Um, so, but I don't think I, I, I don't spiral, but I notice. Um, and so I guess I can share for me too. Um, I guess I'd, I'd want my partner to share and I do want everybody to share. And I think my first thing is like, <gasps> really, like I do get activated, mm. but then pretty soon I kind of like, I know that I'm, I'm my imagination's going and yeah. I'm really aware. And so I'm like, oh, there's my worry. And I kind of know these things when my, it's my imagination that it's like taking me out of the moment. It's lowering mm. my spirits. Like yesterday when my son was sick, there was like fireworks going off or something, but I Googled and I think, you know, sometimes Googling is really unhelpful for people who knows if this was a helpful thing, but I, I went into the Google and I was reading about RSV and my boyfriend's like, can you see the fireworks? And he opened it and I'm like, I have no interest in the fireworks right now. I, didn't see- <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I literally don't care. I was like, I am worried. So I was there. Um, and, but like in it, I feel like I have like my wisdom coming through. That's like mm. your heads, you know, you're, you're off. And just then I, I just kind of like, don't hop on it. So I'm more just stay yeah. grounded, even though I guess I, for me over time, it's like a spike. And then I just kind of 
stay grounded. I almost think that it's like um, trying to suppress. I think you talk about this a lot, like trying to suppress that initial spike almost makes it worse. And I don't know if like allowing it like, okay, great. Well, my brain's taking me to these places and saying it out loud always really helps me because like I can see myself through James's eyes. Um, And sometimes it's, you know, it's funny where my imagination takes me. Um, But like I will, because I'm trying not to, I just want to give space for James to feel unwell. So then I'll like try and hide all of my like insane thoughts that pop up and all the intrusive thoughts that pop up. And I think almost that suppression makes it a lot worse. Whereas like perhaps just like admitting it straight away leaves room for that spike and then more of a plateau and more of that wisdom coming through. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe that's for journaling it out too. Yeah. Say it all, you know, cause my brain, like if my daughter takes a little bit of time, I'm like, we're like dinner's ready. She hasn't, I'm like, she's dead. And right now I'm like, she's killed herself. Like my brain, and I'm yes. like, why? why? Like, but my brain is always killing everybody off. Like my son's like, yeah. like, like he came and he's like, I can't breathe. I'm like, like I, my brain, I just, so I think that's exactly that. I think I suppress it less. Like even when I had a, like a, a slight, like fear of turbulence again, like when I started yeah. flying out down I'd like completely like be like oh my god but I just like let myself have it and then it would just come and go yeah just is there and then I can kind of see how ridiculous it is James and we were talking before we got onto this and onto this call about how one of the classic health anxiety moments for me was we're lying in bed and um I just go oh my god James my butt is so cold and I was obsessed with how cold my butt was. And, and James was like, do you have cold butt cancer? And I was like, <laughs> yes, I do. And just like almost allowing a sense of, again, it kind of comes back to that play. Like, you know, like it was so silly. And I really did have anxiety about how cold my butt was. But then James asking me if it was cold butt cancer, it just kind of allowed me to kind of witness myself from an outside perspective that was really ha- helpful. So keep teasing you. Is that no. the answer? <laughs> I think allowing me to say what I need to say has been really helpful. Yeah, I know. It's it's funny because my boyfriend was, my son has been sick, you know, and then um, my boyfriend is very so slowly and so jokey, but he, we came back from the doctor and I had like 20 minutes before I had this workshop and, uh, and he was jokey and I just was not open to it. And I oh, was like, so Amy. and then, so I was like, whatever. And then I felt so bad because usually we're just so loving. So I wrote him a note under the door and then I like text him. Like, I'm so sorry. And then we came down and it was always good. But then he was jokey again. So he said, wait, maybe I shouldn't be jokey. I'm like, no, please be jokey. Um, I need it. Like, it's not that serious, but sometimes. Just got to so read I the think, room. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I, the room. Just, what you're doing, it's like, it's okay. Also, if somebody's jokey, when you're mm. not going to be jokey. Like yeah, I think yeah. relationships where it's like, we don't have to get it perfect. You know, yes. I think that's what also in my last relationship, it's like, we would so like walk on eggshells and, not yes. one of them. and it's like, I don't want that to happen. Like, yeah, sometimes he's funny and I do not think it's funny. Cause I'm like, this is serious, but I never want him to stop being funny. Like, yes. I don't like, I, I, would I see a lot of. I see a lot of us in that. Yeah. And I really love that. Like we just don't have to walk on eggshells around like my anxiety and we don't need to worry about getting it correct all the time. Like that's really beautiful. I think a big thing for me is like, I'll often accidentally, I'm not exactly a quiet person. So I'll accidentally slam a door and try to let go of, and that'll really, Amy will do a big jump at that. Um, Or a cupboard or something, or I'll put a glass down too hard. And I used to feel really guilty about that, but trying to sort of just, obviously not deliberately trying to make loud noises, but (laughs) when it does happen, it's trying to let go of that for me is yeah. being big. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know in one of my mentors who I love, they say, get over yourself. And when I read it in their book called the relationship handbook, I was like, like, I hated it so much. Like get over yourself. Like, and it's literally changed my life because I'm like, I want to be like, I, like, I am the more sensitive. Like I have like, if, especially if sometimes I'm like recovered from an eating disorder, if my boyfriend would say something about his weight or calories, I'd be like, I've recovered from an eating disorder. Like, and it's like, and then like, or like, I like, and then I just have to fucking get over it. You know, yes. like, I come off as cold or like, you know, and then I heard his feelings and he just gets over it, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, we're not going to deliberately slam doors or be mean, but like, I don't want to walk on eggshells. I don't no. want him. I want us to know, like, it's all heart. It's all love. If we're silly, if we're not like, um, and then we can just get over it, which yes. I think we've both gotten so much better at getting over it. And I, what I also learn too was he would get over it sometimes I'd feel so bad like I kept like obsessively going over it of like I was mean I was mean and he was joking and I was just so mean and then I just have to let that go too and know yeah. like it's okay that I'm imperfect yeah um, I love that I think that really serves both of us yeah it's really good thank you Lily, Lily this We've is our, so our longest fun. podcast ever so <laughs> thank you also apologies but I had a really good time I've and I just time. I want to remind you after I took us on the tangent Lily's course is out. Yes. will be out when this comes out and the, the details for it will be in the show notes as will Lily's TikTok and her Instagram. You have to follow her. Huh? And yeah. website generally as well. Mm. Incredible. Thank you, Lily. Thanks. We it's love you pleasure. so much. Thank you. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Thank you, Lily. Bye, everyone. Bye.